Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Welcome to the Roma Press Podcast with Jun Solano and Andy Mattioli. All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Roma Press Podcast. We hope you are doing well. Andy, I, I mean, we, of course, love talking about football in the market, but as far as like cinema goes, this has been a brutal, brutal week. I mean, you want to talk about just absolute devastating losses. We lose Tony Sirico. Paulie Walnuts, Uncle Paulie, we lose James Kahn, as we all know from The Godfather. And I feel like I'm missing somebody. Or were, were those the, the big two? I think those were the big two. I was two, going yeah. to say these things tend to happen in threes, as the old saying goes. Mm-hmm. Um, before we get into that, very quickly, thank you to our newest patron over at Patreon, Clayton, and of course, all of our other wonderful patrons who make all of this happen. We greatly, greatly appreciate it. It truly does mean a lot. Um, We've been absolutely going through a ton of overhauls, podcast website. So please, uh, please bear with us. We're uh, we're slowly but surely getting to where we're uh, needing to be. Um, But where do we want to start, Uncle Uncle Polly first or James Khan? Let's do no. Let's do let's do Polly. Okay, let's do Polly. Commendatory. Yeah. What what does he say when he's um when they go to Napoli and he's sitting he's sitting at the t- that that's what he says right commendatore yeah he says commendatore and they just look at him and he's like get the, get the fuck out of here he raises no, he turns and he's like cucksuckers yeah <laughs> he's, um, he's because he's just sitting there by himself and yeah. he just like has an espresso shot and he like. I don't know. He has this weird notion that in in Sicily they all talk to each other like that. Hey, commendatore! So he turns to this group of Sicilian men. You're He's right. like, Hey, commendatore! <laughs> or the and they bed. don't even answer him, and he just like sips his espresso and just says, "Cucksuckers." <laughs> the, the the part from that episode, which is one of the best, um, in my opinion, the best part in that episode is. Has to is be. it when he asks for gravy oh. at the at the dinner table? That is a He's great like, hey, one. You know, macaroni with gravy. <laughs> and what what the uh, what the two Italians say about him is priceless. Um, but no, when he is in the room with the prostitute. And he's like going, oh, that's where my family's from. And he's making it seem like everybody from the same city knows each other. I, I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but that- I actually feel I, I feel really bad for, for Paulie in that episode because he comes over with the, this whole idea. You know, he's like he's like Joey in Friends when he goes to London and uh, and then he gets homesick after like six hours. That's Paulie Walnuts when he goes to the old country and sort of. Uh, realizes that it's not exactly the Godfather uh, kind of Sicily that he he's at. <laughs> uh, the also too, I mean, one of the best scenes ever. I mean, when he goes into the restroom and is the look upon his face, <laughs> he is dumbfounded <laughs> as to what a that is, and <laughs> just, just the, the the reaction on his face in that moment is <laughs> the absolute best. Um, may, maybe it was just me, but before we get into all the, the Roma stuff, I mean, we're obligated to talk about this. No, I didn't realize yeah. if, correct me if I'm wrong, but was he, did it say he was 79? Yes. Yep. That, I, I don't know why. Um, but the man had lived like three lifetimes. I was about like to say. The, the, the stuff that he did in his lifetime is the stuff that we would never amount to in like. 
300 years. Well, well, that's the thing that most people don't know. Like, he, he, he actually spent time in jail. He, he, he spent time in jail. He was a wise guy. Yes, he was robbing yes. places. He was beating people up. He was, you know, he was a racketeer. Uh, so, I mean, you can find on YouTube, there's, like, there's videos a of him, yeah. like, in the, in the early 80s when he's yes. talking about, like, going to prison because he beat up, I think, the guy... I, uh, I believe he had fallen in love with a girl and then this girl was making it out with another guy and he beat up a guy and then went to prison for it. And uh, you, I recently I was watching a movie with uh, young Harvey Keitel from 1978, wow. I believe. It's called Fingers. Cool. And that's the first... Uh, the first time we see uh, Tony Sirico in a movie and he obviously plays the gangster. Um, and let's face it, he, you know, I don't think Tony Sirico was was a great, great actor. No. Um, I, actually, I actually think Steve Van Zandt in The Sopranos is a better actor yes. than him. Sill is a better actor than Paulie. But but Paulie just had personality. You knew exactly that he's he's just he's just feeling himself. That that he he brings the authenticity that you're looking for when you're making any gangster related movie. Yes. Yeah, well, the, in the quirks are what made him too. Like I always think of that scene where he's washing his hands. It's it uh still goes to him, "What what the what the fuck are you washing your hands again?" And he goes, "Well, my my fingers touched the shoelace. Don't you know don't you ever think about <laughs> <laughs> the laces? No, but, but you know, and, and in the moments that were like needed to be like in serious moments, like when he tells Pussy, uh, you were like a brother, brother to, to me, me, you know, yeah, like yeah, 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 that hits. Thing. Like, he, so it's not, I'm not, I'm not putting him down. I think that he was a great, great personality and uh, one of the most sort of colorful character actors uh, especially in the sopranos he, he was always able to bring like just the, that that touch of humor that you needed whenever things would get too serious but at the same time he was able to to really show who that guy was which was a psychopath like yeah you know just a, a psycho and and he was able to deliver that beautifully and i mean come on who says guy killed 16 czechoslovakians <laughs> guy was an guy interior was an decorator interior decorator <laughs> um and the, the thing i liked about him you know he was the humor um he did deliver the the, the punch lines at times but the thing for me that um that always fascinated me with him was he always had this as you kind of just said, I mean, people viewed him as sort of like the the the, the punchline, the um, the humor, uh, the comic relief in a way. But then you you kind of you have these moments where they try and make him, or not make him, but you you realize that this guy is much deeper than you know the the funny jokes and the absolute top notch laugh. Yeah. Um, I the one that always jumps out to me is when uh, Tony visits him. At his uh, at his flat, and he sees the the the, the painting that Paulie salvaged of uh, the racehorse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he made he made Tony into a into a war general. Um, he he wasn't too happy of the of the painting. I believe he called himself an ass jockey. If I'm not. <laughs> And look like a fucking ass jockey. And he goes, what are you talking about? That's a general. He goes, I don't know how much this thing costs to have retouched. Um, it's like moments like that where you can see like he views the guy as kind of like a brother, father figure in a way because yep. he, he didn't have yeah, he's it. constantly He's constantly looking for approval. Yes, that's the, yes, that's yes. the thing that, that, that Paulie is, is, he's like, because he's really, he's a psycho and you're, you're not really rooting for him. But then the instances where you are rooting for him is because you can see that this guy is desperately looking for approval, just in you know in the worst situations possible, and, and you know and manifesting it in the worst way possible. He's just desperately looking for approval. And the storyline, by the way, between him and uh, Robert Falja was the best. Feech mm-hmm. Lamana went. <laughs> When they're going, the, yep. the 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 storyline with the landscaping thing, when he just clocks the guy in the back of the head with the shovel, yep. um, in that yep. entire scene, he goes, 
let's call it 1200 to fix the guy's arm. <laughs> and he ends up giving the guy only half of it. The fact that he kept half to himself <laughs> is what makes that entire thing phenomenal. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I have to admit, when I saw him, they had some anniversary thing a year or two ago. And, and, and it, I haven't been following him, you know, closely. And when you saw him, it, it just, oh. You could tell the guy was getting up there in age, and it was uh, it was difficult to see him like that because obviously he wasn't able to do you know what we saw in season one where he is gunning down uh, um, him and Chris running down. Um, come on, who's the guy? Uncle Junior's the guy who commits the the hit on Brendan Filoni. Um, he works with uh, Uncle Junior. Come on. Um, you're not gonna get it, man. It's it's 10:30 p.m. here. I'm not, you're not gonna oh, okay, get okay. answers. Well, th- this is terrible because we're supposed to be, uh, um, we're supposed to know this sort of stuff. But it's going to come to me. It's pathetic that I don't know this. But yeah, he he did not you, exactly. It's pathetic that um, you know because you've probably rewatched The Sopranos like oh, what 32 times. Um, and maybe not 32. Maybe not 32. But um, enough. Um, uh, enough. And then I also saw the, you, you mentioned Stevie Van Zandt. The the reason why I love that guy is, um, you know, as someone, Mikey Paul Misi. But God, now it comes to me. Oh uh, yeah, there you go. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants—they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. James Caan now. You want to talk about character actor, and I think that's how most people viewed him. I uh, People yeah. only think of him from The Godfather. From The Godfather, and that's yeah. It. Which is understandable. Yeah. I mean, listen, when you're in one of the biggest films of all time, it's understandable. However, yes, I mean, there's a couple of good ones with him that I've always sort of had an affinity for. Yeah. Um, and on top of that, too, if you if you follow him on social media, I don't know if you did. He's just the he's just the greatest. Yes. Thing. Uh, end of I think that if we're, end of in the last in the last uh, few months, uh, because he, the man was bound to a wheelchair and had trouble breathing, uh, See, in the no, final months of his life. He's been, he's been, but he worked till the very end. And mind you, this is the good preface to James Khan as the actor and the man. I've listened to a lot of interviews with him. I've recently even listened to a pod um, where he discussed Thief his movie from 1980 uh, where he basically he made in his life, I think something around 150 movies. And he was well aware that like 97% of them were crap. Okay. (laughs) But the stuff that he did that was meaningful was great. And when you say that, yeah, he was mostly known for the Godfather, but mind you, this is a guy who, there is a movie called El Dorado. It's a Western from 1966. He's like 25 and he goes head toe to toe and head to head with John Wayne and Robert Mitchum. Okay. So this, you see this kid from no place, from nowhere, out of nowhere, go up against some of Hollywood's biggest stars in their biggest moment. And then he becomes along with Pacino and Dustin Hoffman, the face of the, Hollywood New Wave, and he makes The Godfather. And listen, uh, maybe he's not the actor that you go watch a movie for, right? You go and watch The Godfather for Marlon Brando, Al Pacino. But man, I I, I am yet to see somebody that is not completely and absolutely compelled by Sonny, the character. He plays it so perfectly. When, When he bites his knuckles when he sees the bruises on his yes. sister's yes, face on Connie, yes. when he does that i'm like i'm sold you know that i'm like he understands the character perfectly that's sonny when you read the book sonny is i'm i wouldn't say bland but he's very in the book he's kind of like an extreme right he's yeah, just all well, over the place that. yeah they don't they don't do his background in the no, in the you know, he's just all. he's got a big dick and he's popular among girls and he's a bit violent. That's yes, but bit, in the yeah, movie, yeah, yeah, when yeah. he bites his knuckles and you can see how much pain he's in at that moment, you you immediately like 
absolutely buy that character and you want to spend more time with him. And tragically, unfortunately, that does not happen because we all know what happens. But to be on screen for such a little period of time in one in one part of the trilogy. I mean, in the second part, he's in the end, right? There is that flashback scene right. and he's in it. Yeah, where they fight. Yeah. But but that to make that kind of impact and you 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 feel Sonny's presence till the very end of their trilogy. That's that's what a great actor does. So he was probably never the marquee name of a movie. You know, he was always behind bigger guys. But he is the reason that a lot of the times you stayed to watch that movie till the very end. So he's he just brought so much energy. And again, I know you love the Godfather book, but the way he just became Sonny, to me, was probably the best acting in that whole movie, which is it yeah. says a lot because that movie is filled with great performances. But just Sonny, the fact that you n- never know what he's going to do. And then he's not he's not a brute. He cares for his sister. And you see how much pain seeing his sister like that causes him uh, is just, you know, it's great acting. So he's, Very he was uh, just an immense professional. Yeah. I, it's, I don't know if this is a compliment or not, but the other movie that comes to mind when I think of him is uh, <laughs> from uh, the nineties movie, um, Dick Tracy, which. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Very divisive movie. It's one of those you either love That's it or you hate it. It's, it's, That's it's, weird. Oh, it's very. It's like an acid trip. Um, yes, but it's such a just by the 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 look of it. It's such a quintessential '90s movie. It's difficult for me to get over it sometimes. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's been in so many more. He's been in so much more good stuff. It, it's worth looking into. Um, I mean, Brian's song. That's another well-known one. That's. Um, I think that was on television, though, if I'm not mistaken. But that was an American football movie. Um, I'm trying to think of the other. The Dick Tracy one always makes me laugh because I'm pretty sure, even though that one made a ton of movie, uh, money, uh, just not yep. very rewatchable. Um, and that's probably he made the he made another great movie where he, the few movies where he is the protagonist. Uh, there are a few of them, but they're great. Like The Gambler is a great, very good movie, movie yes. about a guy who's absolutely addicted to gambling. There was a remake with Mark Wahlberg a few years ago, but The Gambler from 1974 is the movie that you should all go and watch. And uh, as I said, Thief by Michael Mann, where he plays a, uh, a diamond thief, a thief that specializes in diamonds, and he's just the very best in the business. And there is a scene where he's in a diner with a girl he just picked up on a date and he basically lays out everything to her. If you if you're going to watch one James Gunn movie in his tribute, make it Thief, because that's the movie that he was proudest of in his whole lifetime. Um, it's a it's a great, great movie. And uh, and then he had these little, you know, these little roles in uh in in many many other movies um he made uh small parts supporting roles in a movie called The Way of the Gun in 2001 by the director uh Christoph McQuarrie who now directs Mission Impossible movies so he was in um in Wes Anderson's first ever movie another director who's made it big since then he was in his debut film called Bottle Rocket uh so he you know he was a veteran who helped younger guys get get into the business, and along the way he was a great actor. And everybody, I mean, if you, I don't know if you've read the tribute by 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 Francis Ford Coppola, the tribute by Al Pacino, but he was just a, a real, a real dude, you know. Yeah. And uh, best friends with Robert Duvall until the very end. Robert Duvall, who's thank God still with us and going strong at ninety, I believe, two years of age. Depressing so, when you look at the years born for some of these guys. Oh, oh and then man. you mentioned and the it, gambler it just, too. It just keeps moving. Is yeah. Bert yeah, Young yeah, yeah. still alive? Somebody, can we check in on Bert Young? We need to make sure Bert, he's still yeah, okay. Because I'm afraid to look at what he. Oh my goodness, 1940. Yeah, this is. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's brutal. It, it, it is brutal. Some of these guys getting taken and being taken away from us. But yeah, um, much more to James Caan than than the Godfather. Um, you said thief. I'll say the gambler. The gambler is a good one. I, I love Burt Young. Admittedly, I think he's fantastic. Um, 
Oh, man. So good. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, people tend to think of him in the whole thing with Rocky. Um, I don't even know if that cracks my top five with Burt Young. But anyway, uh, let's, yeah, let's move on. Roma, market. What do we even say now? People are bad. <laughs> well, here, after bringing, uh, so they they finalize the deal for Chalik. I thought that would at least, you know, hold some people off as far as what are we doing? You know, they got to bring people in. Um, it has started again. I have been inundated with why isn't Tiago Pinto moving? What are Roma doing? Why are they moving slow? I guess I don't know how to respond anymore. You, How, how long has it been since Chalik? One week? As he's going to get introduced uh, on Monday. He's going to have his press conference. Everybody's happy, right? I no, hope everybody so. is apparently not happy, though. <laughs> that's that's really the issue. Um, <laughs> listen, I think obviously everybody would agree that the most important thing right now is the whole Zaniolo thing. That's where we have to start. So I have to I have to come clean on this. So as you can probably tell by now, um, Zaniolo's agent uh, Vigorelli, I've said on here a number of times. The guy is generally pretty quiet, doesn't leak things to the media, or hardly does interviews. If you if you go and try and find interviews, the only ones he does are like the very straightforward, oh, we're honored by the interest and we look, uh, he's concentrated on the club. Like he he gives nothing. He's very boring. Um, I've talked to him twice, one of which was face-to-face. He's just a very boring guy. If you look him up, very Nothing uh, too eye-catching about him, but I have to come clean. I am absolutely, unequivocally mystified, stunned, speechless, find whatever word you want to use, that this guy has done a, a, a heel turn, as they like to call it in, uh, in professional wrestling. Because this guy has gone from not saying a word, Andy, to he is leaking so much stuff about this. By the way, he came out... Um, so Roma, Tiago Pinto, they've been, they've met with Juve over this. And uh, Vigorelli has met, met with Juve a number of times, okay, a number of times. He came out and gave an interview and said, well, I'm on holiday. I don't know what you're talking about, there, but there wasn't a meeting today. When there absolutely, unequivocally was a meeting, and there was even a photo of him doing a meeting with Juve. I don't know what this guy is thinking. I don't know what has happened to him. I don't know why he's doing this, and I don't know... Why of all the of all the the paths you can choose to find a way to leave a club? Listen, with Roma, mm-hmm. nothing yes. will ever surprise us because we have seen just about every possible scenario. We have seen guys send WhatsApp ma- messages to Maro Baldissoni. We've had Baldissoni then subsequently go on Roma Radio to read the uh, the aforementioned WhatsApp message. What else have we had? We've had uh, uh, Medi Benazia, okay? He says he's going to stay. I already uh, purchased a home. I'm not going anywhere. And then he gives an interview saying he's unhappy with the uh, renewal offer Roma gave, and he's gone within within mm-hmm. one month. I mean, we can go down the list. There are some absolute gems, but I assume most people are in a relatively good mood. I don't want to depress anybody, so we don't need to relive that. I just... I don't understand this at all. And then, by the way, even Zaniolo himself, who, let's just be clear, when it comes to social media, I would say, and this is probably the kindest way we could say it, at best he has been aloof at times, and at worst he has been just very immature, and that's even me trying to put it as mildly as possible. (laughs) For him, okay, to, and you'll know what I'm talking about, when he... Puts the photo of himself scoring the goal, okay, against uh, Feyenoord in the Conference League final. I just about lost it. I just about lost it. That does not. That does not give you a free pass. That does not alleviate you from future behavior, because with the caption, tell everybody what it said. Do you well, remember? it's it says it said uh, you know it. Ca- I I don't even know how to like. W- w- let's not forget, right? Like right. Kind of. Don't forget like, about uh, it. Pretty much, he's telling people, "Don't forget." The, 
he, his message was basically, this is what I did. Don't, and you yeah. better remember it. And I mean, that's, really you know, that's bothered. a lot of people chose to interpret it different ways, but yeah, I mean, I, well, he goes to a barber. To... I mean, he, I, just, I, I think he took a note from your boy, um, because he did a photo while getting his haircut, just yes. like your, <laughs> our favorite, uh, he, he was on loan at Pescara and then we don't really know what happened after that. He, he's pretty much the equivalent of, uh, I don't know, like He's in witness protection, I guess, but he doesn't mm-hmm. really have anything of value to provide to us, so we're just going to keep him in hiding just so, I don't know, just so we don't have to be bothered talking about him. But I don't know. I, I was I was bothered by that because it, it it's just one of those things. It, it's a sign of immaturity. Every person in their 20s and even their 30s, 40s, 50s, everybody can be an idiot on social media. I, I understand that. But for him to... to, to put that photo in the caption together as a way to you know uh, first off people aren't going to forget that okay we, we, we understand that and as harsh as this may sound and I, I, this might be the hottest take I, I have in some time but I'm sorry but Jose Mourinho is going to be remembered for that more than Nicolo Zaniolo in my opinion in my mm-hmm. opinion I, I'm strictly speaking for myself but I don't know. You, you know, it, it's almost like because I did this, you just, you know, you get to go to Juve, it's scot-free. You don't, you're not uh, allowed to be criticized. That's absurd to me. That's absurd. Mm-hmm. Just because you scored that goal, it does not give you um, uh, freedom from criticism because I have a very big problem, and I don't know who is advising him on this because... His father, who I've talked to a couple of times, has always been very uh, level-headed, down-to-earth. He played professional football himself, so you would think he would sort of pass on the wisest yeah. route to go. If you are going to leave a club, let, you know, let's just make sure it's done the right way. I And Tiago Pinto, too. I mean, he just doesn't strike me as a guy. If you go to him and say, hey, listen, I, you know, I won a trophy here. I want to take the next step. Whatever excuse you use. I can just tell you, Tiago Pinto is not going to be the guy like Sabatini who, who you know, might try and throw a wrench into uh, things and make it difficult. I think he will try to accommodate, and and it may, might take some time. But I just and mind you, like I mean, Zaniolo's camp had been quiet for so long, right? Yes. I mean, there was yes. I remember thinking for a long while that it was his father who was acting on his behalf as. It was representing him for a long while because Roma, listen, they renewed his contract. Uh, they, 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 you know, they. Uh, there was a lot of, a lot of times when when there was a lot of speculation, but at least from his side, it was quiet. And now there is a boatload of 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 speculations and rumors, and his side is always talking. Uh, and you hear contrasting things, but always from the same camp. So that that also has changed, and it's a uh, it's very strange how how that 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 changed over the course of I think the past year or so since he came back from injury. It's been their communication has been pretty pretty clear, pretty one sided. Well, it's been weird, too, because if you remember during the season, particularly he gave a couple of interviews in March and April that I had to go back and revisit. He said, you know, we're not talking about any contract renewal. Uh, I'm referring to Vigorelli. We're not talking about a contract renewal until the end of the season. I want uh, Zaniolo to focus. And I guess here's what I'm getting to as well. For those of you who don't know, you can go find some some uh, fantastic Facebook posts of uh, Zaniolos from when he was younger. He supported Juve as a, as a kid. And I have always maintained, I never thought this guy was going to be taught that all. You didn't either, right? I, I don't want to speak out of turn when no, I say No, no, I never much. thought okay. that a kid who comes, you know, from, from, from Inter and before that. Fiorentina. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, you, you, it's fine. I always thought that there would be a point where both parties would move on. I thought so too, and I think most people did. For me, though, I am surprised it is happening now because I thought next summer would be the time for everybody, particularly if he has a much better season from a statistical standpoint. 
Now, yeah. I will throw it to you. Let's say that the, the the deal does go through. He does join Juve in this summer. I mean, for you, from a timing standpoint, does that make sense for him and for Roma? Because my, I, I guess from my perspective, and perhaps this is unfair, you know, I still think of the guy pre-injury, again, and this is where the unfair part of perhaps my, my argument is going to come in. If you can get that guy, if you can get Zaniolo even close to that, I think it's silly for Roma to sell him for, I, I suspect it's going to end up being 40, just over 40. I think that's silly because I think you could get easily 15 to 20 more. If you get the guy that that people were talking about from two years ago, right? I I guess mm-hmm. I just don't see the sense in this because everybody almost unilaterally agrees that this guy is not that all He's not salty. He's not going to stay here for his entire career. He will go to Juve at some point. He supported them. Okay, we can live with that. You know, I don't think anybody ever mistaken this guy for a, you know, uh, Romano, Romanista. No, nobody has ever said that about him. But still, it, it does somewhat irk me the way he's gone about this. Um, I, I wonder what changed for him. I, I'd be curious to know because if you ask them now, they, they just say, well, Juve, Juve came to the fo- into the fold and we think now is the right time. Juve has been interested in him yeah, since yeah, the for, second he, yeah, for, 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 yeah, for years. For, since the moment he he scored the brace against Porto. Yes. And since the moment that he was carrying us on his shoulders and sort of everybody started taking notice, Juve were on him, you know. And uh, I mean, I, 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 people can look back. Who was it that tweeted that the, the, the photo of the napkins or whatever the list, <laughs> the Juve list, Paratici's list, yeah. and Zaniolo's name was on it in a restaurant. Um, and, <laughs> you know, I mean, Juve are always, were always on him. Yeah, and yeah. it always, the, the rumors were still there even when he was injured. It was like, oh, whenever he gets better, whenever he makes, you know, he takes that extra step forward, that's when Juve will will get him, right? So Roma will keep him until he's he's a bit shaky, but once he gets rolling, that's when Juve take care of him. And usually that's, I mean, that's Juventus' modus operandi, right? A, a player has his big break, and then he goes to Juve. That's usually what <laughs> happens in Italy. With Zagnolo, as you said, it, it just feels odd. At this time, at this point in time, it feels odd to part ways. If I were a Juventus fan, I would not be sure what I'm getting with him. Mm. And I think that's probably the the dilemma that, that most of us have, even Roma fans, is what are we losing with him, right? There is that great potential. There is there is those there are those flashes of brilliance, and then there is also the the things that we saw from him this past year, which were limited um you know you, you there was a lot of frustration in this this past season but we were all aware that this was the recovery season yes so on one hand you're losing yes a guy who scored two two goals all year long in the league uh, but you're also losing a guy who up until two years ago you considered maybe the greatest talent since totti mm. um so that's it's a I think for both parties it's a, it's a weird deal if it goes through and it goes through now it's very strange and I will not be able to make a clear judgment of who won the deal. Yes. I don't know. It's I think it's incognito. It's a very strange uh transfer at this point in time and also for Zaniolo himself. It's strange because if he goes to Juve, he is really making that leap forward, right? He's going to a team that wants to get back to winning ways and wants to get back now. And right now, he's not that player, at least for what he showed in the, the, during this season. He's not that player. He scored a goal in the Conference League final, and we're always going to be grateful for, for that. But he... The, the the Zaniolo that we saw this past season is not the player that 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 helps you win right now, and and that's why there is that dilemma on our part. Should right. we keep him? Is there more to him? Is there, uh, or or have the lim- injuries limited all of that potential? Have they completely undercut 
the the greatness that we we projected for him uh that's that's really the the big question mark for both teams for both teams for Juve who don't really know who they're getting in my opinion and they're just going i think they're making a big uh, you know a big deal to get all the attention to make a statement that's what Juve love to do in the summer they get Di Maria they get Pogba yeah, and now then they get a younger player in Zagnolo yeah exciting well and 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 in Roma on the other hand have to make decisions that are functional to them so the question is how functional is Zagnolo to this team because is is the Zagnolo that we saw this past season the normal Zagnolo or is there more to him for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call clickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done well that's the thing I think there is the million euro question that we just don't know. I, I I think either way, for just about everybody involved, this is a risk because I think this is one of those to be where whoever the loser is in this operation, I, I think it's going to be, they're going to be a loser by a s- substantial amount. Could it be Juve? You know, of course, I'm not wishing this upon him, but let's just say two months into his tenure at Juve, he goes and he hurts his knee again. Okay, well, Juve look foolish and Roma look quite smart for having sold this guy at 40 million euros. Now, let's say he returns to full health and he's out there scoring 10 to 15 league goals, doing what I think we all believe he is capable of and doing so consistently then I think, of course, Roma could be the ones um, with pie on their face. So that, that's the interesting thing to me is it, it, it seems like there's a dramatic gulf in the way we're going to judge this. And I think it's going to be really clear as if there's not going to be much to debate at the end of the day when we go to judge this one. I guess what I'm most curious about, well, to begin... I would love to know what Jose Mourinho thinks because I have to tell you, I I thought as far as guys that, and I, I, I believe we discussed this last summer, you know, uh, players that would, you know, fall in love with Jose Mourinho, that would thrive under this guy. Didn't we say Karsdorp, Mancini, and Zaniolo? I think those were at least three of the, the handful that we picked. I would be very curious to know what, what Jose Mourinho thinks. Now, we're seeing some stuff out there as, because, of course, it doesn't really matter. Okay, they sell Zaniolo. The most important thing, obviously, is who they bring in to, to replace him. Now, this thing with Paolo Dybala, I have to tell you, I I was rap, racking my brain trying to find a comparison because I have never seen anything like this before. I mean, have you ever recall a situation where you have a guy, Argentine international, uh, the number 10 of Juve, he's leaving for free. You would think there would be a queue of uh, a a dozen clubs fighting for his signature. I mean, Andy, his agent who wants to talk about, I mean, I I want to talk about uh, Vigorelli and I want to uh, strangle him a bit by his neck. Dybala's agent, man, I, I I cannot believe Dybala hasn't sacked this guy because... Um, oh, terrible. Terrible. I yeah. mean, he in the last week, okay, he has said that they would go as low as five and a half, six million euros. They had an agreement with Juve, okay, like less than one year ago for uh, like 10 to 11. I There has to be something, and I think that maybe this will come out afterwards. There has to be something from a medical point of view that we are just not privy to because I have never seen anything like this, ever. I mean, Juve were close to getting Lukaku and Dybala going the other way to Manchester United. Mm-hmm. I mean, this was a guy that you would have uh, never envisioned this even being a problem two to three years ago. You could, you could never have made up this scenario. I mean, I'm not saying I want Dybala or that Roma 
because I've been very adamant. Roma can't afford him. But if it keeps dropping like this, Andy, it, it totally changes the. <laughs> it completely changes um, the financial burden that a potential club would have to take on with him. There's a vast difference because remember, he cannot be a part of the growth decree. You are on the hook for all of his wages. You are paying tax on all of it. So, I mean, there is a dramatic difference between 11 million euros net to five and a half or six. I mean, it, oh, yeah. it, it goes without saying. It's half. I'm not even saying I want Dybala. He's a guy who I think from a tactical point of view, pretty limited. However, I actually do think if you continue to play a 3-5-2, he would actually fit fairly well. But do you have somebody, let's say Zaniolo goes, like, do you have your eyes on, on, on one person you want Roma to target? I saw some people in our in our patron chat, they were talking up a Shamuda of uh, reclamation project, which I could sign on to, but I... I I can't imagine that that would satisfy the appetite of most if Zaniolo were to go. I mean, it's a it's a strange it's a strange situation, though. No? Oh uh, yeah, I mean the whole thing is strange. The, the, the it's a very it's I think that it's sort of like a a surreal uh, transfer market phenomenon where you have you know. Dybala, who was possibly, again, you know, the, the kid in the spotlight at all times and who now is without a team and he's looking around and yes, there are a few links abroad, but nothing concrete. The man is 28, right? And when he's in, in form, he's easily one of the best players on earth. And he's just being treated like some bag of chips. Um, so, yeah, definitely. I mean, this, his agent, George Antun, has probably oh, had more stuff. dinners yeah. <laughs> than any agent out there, you know. Uh, and it's true. Like, at some point, when is the point where teams will, you know, teams that, like like Roma, Milan, who, you know, have financial concerns, but when is when does that point come along where even those teams go, you know what? Hmm, let's try our luck. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's, he's just, he's just sitting there. And it's funny that you said that, you know, you mentioned Zaniolo. And I think he's just that this player where Inter have the same situation. Inter are full in attack. So they have to get someone out. Roma, similar situation, but more about the, the, fi the financial aspect of it rather than the technical one. Uh, so if he were to come in now, if he joins any team, he joins that team because the circumstances right, made right. it possible. Not because, oh, you know, oh, man, you know, we wanted Always him all this him. time. Yeah, right, right. We, you know, we were talking with him for over a year. We, he knew how much we wanted him. Blah, blah. No, there is none of that. There is just, this is business. This is like strictly business. Um, so at some point in time, if his demands keep lowering at this this at this stage, I mean, you you say six, and immediately you have a whole new category of teams that are able to get him for right. that much, and then maybe say if he doesn't find any team in in two to three weeks, then it drops again. Could, could you imagine so, entering August and he is without a team? Crazy, crazy, ab absolutely crazy. Uh, that shows you that even though now this is a footballing world that is ruled by free agents, uh, these free agents, man, you have to play the game really well. If you have a good agent, such as Rest in Peace Re Mino Raiola, or the great um, agent of uh, Juan Jesus, um, <laughs> if you have one of those, you're set for life. You know what I mean? You're, you're good. But oh, if you have George Antoon, legend, <laughs> you you know it's uh, it's strange. Um, at some point, I do believe that you know there has to be a moment where even Roma, out of all teams, would come forward at least inquire, at least you know see what the situation is, test the waters. Uh, as Filippo Biafora said, I think 
and I'm addressing here this sort of moment where everybody's complaining, nothing is happening. Yeah, nothing's, nothing's going happening. to happen until they sell. I, I yeah, don't know and, how And Filippo Biafora summed it up best. Until uh, Matthias Delict is at Juve, nothing's happening. When yeah. he leaves, because I, I, I'm pretty sure that he will leave. Once he leaves, Biafora said, there's going to be a domino effect, right? So Juve get rid of Delict. They get money. They get Zagnolo, and then the whole shebang happens. Roma are able to to bring in players. They are able to make contacts. They are able to assert the situation to realize, okay, what can we do? Can we offer somebody like Dybala six million? Because if Roma asks themselves that now, the answer is no, we can't. No, but, but what if it, what, what if Zagnolo leaves? And you offload. What if Verde? Yeah, El Sharawi. Yeah, I, there's a lot of people that. They, I mean, they are trying to get get rid of. They're being offered, like for instance, Veretout. A lot of people think he might be remaining. I mean, they have offer. They have uh, half a dozen intermediaries given the okay to to try and find a suitor for him. Clivert, by the way, seeing Clivert link with uh, Marseille, has that club are <laughs> it, are they being blackmailed by Roma? It'd be nice. But there I has to be I, I something. Don't, I don't think so. Unfortunately. There, there, there has to be something. I, I don't. Maybe Tiago Pinto has something on one of their directors that we just don't know about. I, I mean, there, if they bail Roma out again by paying big out for, of that one, yeah, sure. Oh, but be, even Vertu, even Vertu mentioned along the lines with, with, with Marseille, and then you have those smaller things that people think they don't matter. But they do matter. Ante exactly. Choric, yes. William Bianda. How do, how do you offload those guys for actual money? How? How? Uh, Amadou Diawara is, has been out of action since, God knows, November. Looking for a team. I'm sure there is a whole army of intermediaries trying to get him to sign somewhere, Spain, Germany, Italy, I, God knows it where. It should be a violation of law to use the two names of Choric and beyond the subsequently together. Yes, I'm sorry. A, it's uh, true. <laughs> uh, do you, I have... I'd have to check on Choric. Beyond that, yes. you know what they paid for him, right? 11 million. 11 million. Just, six, just six initial fee, then five bonuses. Five bonuses. Just the oh, <laughs> how many how many senior appearances? One zero. Right? Oh no, it is zero. zero. You're right. You're right. Zero. Only primavera, and he sucked. Absolutely. And incredible. he went out on I think three loans, and he sucked. He's gone to. Hang on, I haven't googled it. I'm going to guess. He's, he's second division France, in Belgium. Bel- in Belgium. Yes. Then and, France. And I don't know what the third one is. Oh man. But the point is, how do you get rid of that? You can't. That's, you that, can't. The people, you the people sue that say Ramon Monchi, that's what you do. You, you yes, but you also have to like that's what you take into account. When you're going for say from a fan perspective, when you're when you think a club is going for Paolo Dybala, you're not thinking, oh, the club first really needs to get rid of uh Kchoric and Bianda, who have contracts with Roma, who are getting paid millions, millions, still to this day, by Roma. They have to get rid of those contracts first. That's not something that fans think about. They think about the big names, oh, Zagnolo, sure. And Zagnolo, if he leaves, that immediately facilitates any other deal that Roma want to make at the moment. But but the the real stuff, the real stuff that gets into the way is... Uh, having guys like Choric, like Bianda, like Diawara, like uh, even Darbo, who are just sitting there and you don't really know what to do with them. And do they have a future at the club in case of Darbo? Or do they have a future anywhere if they can't even cut it in the Swiss league with, with Zurich? I, I mean, it's it's that's the pressing part. <sighs> Still paying for the sins of Ramon Monchi in 2022. Still it's and they have contracts to what till t- t- next year and yes. uh, no yes. wait and then 2024 is some of them even wow wow okay well happy monday everybody <laughs> okay um 
before this takes a dark turn, let's get out of here. Uh, we'll, we'll be back later this week. Uh, the friendlies are beginning. Um, and I do think that we will see something happen with uh, Zaniolo. Even though the... Uh, so the club, they said he was out for lower back pain. And then Vigorelli... Um, uh, un... Um, without being uh, asked to do so, by the way. No, he, he to <laughs> nobody everybody. wanted that. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody wanted to um, <laughs> So, uh, after the match, or after the match when it came out that he was out for lower, or before the match he was out for lower back pain. That's what Roma said, told to everybody in the, the, the media group chat, so everybody goes, okay, he's got lower back pain, not related to the move to Juve. And then, right on cue, like, as I said, Vigorelli, Without even being contacted, he he uh, he messages to at least half of a dozen guys and says, "Oh no, uh, if he has lower back pain, I wasn't told about that." Just an absolute rat move, rat <laughs> behavior. This summer from Claudio Vigarelli, I a can't... real Henry Hill move. Oh yeah. my gosh, yes. Um, Gonna go Henry Hill on me? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It just it, it's baffling. This guy, as I said, he has done. A heel turn, um, I you know I I just I can't explain a great it. character arc, a great thing for Very. a movie. If they make a movie about Vicorelli, he takes a dark <laughs> turn in this this uh, part of of his life. Oh, it's incredible. Okay, everybody, we will chat later this week. Until then, ciao, ciao. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.